You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Justin, we have a podcast. Diving, diving deep. Diving deep into all things Texas, both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General Sean McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. Hey everybody, welcome in. First episode this week for the Utopia Football Podcast. It's great to be with you. Hope you had a great weekend. I am Sean Pendergast, one half of Pain and Pendergast, and joining me live from West Palm Beach, Florida, the General, the Hall of Famer. Known best for his football work, but showing his versatility in covering Astros spring training. Our senior Texans columnist at SportsRadio610.com and GallerySports.com, John McClain. John, how's Florida treating you so far? It's been great, Sean. I'm so glad that uh, I decided to come. I've got two videographers with me from Gallery Sports, Christian Lewis and Todd Lewis. And we leave every morning in our hotel, 7.30. We get in the media room and and put our stuff there. And then the clubhouse opens at 8. It's open 8 to 9. So you hang out in there trying to get players to do interviews. And mainly you talk to the media. And then you go out for about two to two and a half hours watching practice. And I love doing that because you can walk right up to them. I tweeted pictures this morning where Fromber Valdez is doing his bullpen session. And I'm like, I could have reached out and touched him. It was that close. And and uh, and then you go over and watch him on the batting cages. Jeremy Pena's hitting bombs. And Bregman came. He was out for the first time yesterday. Altuve's out for the first time. Deadline is tomorrow when they have their first full squad workout on Wednesday. So I'm glad I came before they started playing because really the games don't mean anything to the veterans. And this is a – veteran team and you know when your biggest problems who's going to be the backup catcher and yeah. who's going to start in center field Chaz McCormick or Jake Myers and how many teams lose a Cy Young award winner and they just kind of uh, we still got six more starters yeah none none that I can think of recently John for sure and and especially John it's not just that Justin Verlander left the rotation he leaves behind which I think you could still argue is the best in baseball even without Verlander it's largely guys, John, who are under team control for several more years. You know, it's not not like they let Verlander go because he's too expensive and they've got all these expensive arms already. They let him go in part because he was too expensive with what the Mets were going to pay him. Um, but it just made sense, you know, to take that money and use it on a Jose Abreu over at, uh, over at first base. So a couple things before I, I've got some specific Astro storylines I want to get to, John, but you touched on a couple things there. Um, I saw you tweet about Pena. Can you elaborate more on what exactly you've seen from Pena? Obviously, he comes into this season as the media darling from this team coming off of last year's postseason. It sounds like he is uh, bigger and better than ever right now. 
I'm used to being in NFL locker rooms and uh, and seeing players who are, you know, large and muscular and rock solid. And, and in baseball, used to all the players were thin. Now, a lot of them lift weights, but nobody, nobody is built like Jeremy Pena. And I told Gene Diaz, their VP of communication, you put Pena in a Texans locker room and give him a locker and somebody comes in not familiar with him and you say, pick out the guy near his baseball player. They couldn't do it. They wouldn't pick Pena uh, because he's built like a safety. He would make a great, strong safety. He's ripped. His hmm. arms are huge. So I walked out to where he was doing BP at field one. They have several batting cages on two sides. They have six pitchers can do bullpen sessions at a time. And uh, let, I'm going to come back to Luis Garcia in the pitch clock in a minute. So I walked over to field one. And it's great for the fans to come here, too, at this time because they can get right on top of the players as well. And so I was watching batting practice on field two, and I really wanted to see Jose Abreu because he looks like there's three players that look like football players, Pena, Abreu, and Fromber Valdez. And um, so I'm watching Abreu, and he's in hard line drive. And here comes Pena. Boom, there's a jack to center field. Boom, hmm. there's launches one out left field. Boom, launches them to right. And Jeff Bagwell's standing behind the cage, and he talk players when they want to talk to Bagwell, they go talk to him. And Pena always goes to him after each at bat. But Pena was launching rockets. Hmm. And uh, you think about where he was this time last year to where he is now. He's going to talk to the media on Tuesday. And so, like today, I'm writing about Alex Bregman tomorrow, yesterday. Uh, Jose Altuve tomorrow I'll be writing about Pena, but the more I watch him, thinking if you're an Astros fan, you're going to be where he ended up last year, MVP of the American League Championship Series, the World Series. I look for him to pick up right where he left off and be even better. John, who would have thought we'd be in a spot where we are just thank God Carlos Correa didn't accept that five-year, hundred sixty million dollar <laughs> offer a couple <laughs> years ago, and not oh. just that. I would contend that Carlos, given how things have played out with him and his medicals, that he's probably a little bit, probably has a little bit of, I don't know if buyer's remorse is the right word, probably a little bit of FOMO, a little bit of regret that he didn't sign that deal. Considering he wound up with a six-year deal with Minnesota, you know, he could have been back here on that five-year deal and have another ring at this point. I mean, the the Astros, it's crazy to say, because Carlos Correa, I'm looking at MLB.com's top 100 players for the upcoming season. They've unveiled the first 80. They're unveiling the next 20 over the next few days. And Carlos Correa is 22 on that list. He's the 22nd best player in baseball. And you and I are sitting here saying, man, they dodged a bullet, Carlos Correa, not accepting this relatively short-term five-year deal. At least I'm saying that. I don't know if you agree with me or not. It sounds like Jeremy Pena put forth a fairly convincing batting practice session today, though. Uh, and I, if Correa had stayed here and won a ring, I'm pretty sure he wouldn't have been MVP of the LCS as well as the World Series. Probably and not. I always liked Correa, one of my all-time favorite players. Mm-hmm. And I wish he were here. And Pena, I don't know where they put him, but they could put him somewhere. DH, I don't care. <laughs> Nobody knew this time last year he was going to no. do what he did. But he is very, very determined. Every player gets asked about the new rules. And the, the ones that are going to be the most interesting, the pitcher, if he steps off 
of the mound, that counts as a pickoff attempt. So he's got one more. And if he throws over to first base or steps off again, the guy can take off from first because he knows he can't throw over there. So every pitcher is going to hold one of his pickoff attempts to hold the guy over. The bases, you can tell if you look at them hard, they are larger. Mm-hmm. But um, And everybody's talking about the pitch clock. From the time the pitcher gets the ball in his glove, he's got 15 seconds to deliver. If there's somebody on base, he's got 10. And it's also going to be big for a guy like Altuve. you got to be in the box ready to go with eight seconds left in that 15. And you can't step out of the box but once. And so Altuve will have to adjust those gloves really fast in the batter's box. Kyle Tucker He's not. He's going to have to speed it up if he wants to pick up dirt and rub it between his hands and then flick the tip of his bat like he does. And we were asking all of them about it. The only one that was adamant, Michael Brantley should get more hits to the right side. I didn't care when they shifted. I don't care that they banned the shift. Nothing matters to me. Never has, never will. I just hit the well as well as I can. And back to the pitch clock on, on the uh, – uh, on the bullpen session, on the side side session, I'm right there with uh, where Fromber Valdez had finished his throws, and Luis Garcia got up there. And so the one of the pitching coaches was behind him at the end and working on the pitch clock. And every time, which got 15 seconds, every time, five in a row, he got rid of him 10. Now, that was the stretch. That was not rocking the baby, but if you can get rid of it 10, he can rock that baby. And so they're working on that. Yeah. And they and the and the thing about you got to have two infielders on both sides. Well, somebody is planning on hitting the ball up the middle, shortstop can be one inch uh on his side. Second baseman can be one inch. There's even some thought, and Dana Brown, the general manager, said this will never happen, of having two outfielders and have one of your outfielders come in yeah. like a deep infielder last year, but boy. You run the risk of looking like an idiot. So everybody says that except Hunter Brown. Hunter Brown, who I'm doing a column on, said, hey, I used these rules last year. They're no big deal. I thought they were really good for the game. Everybody's going to judge just like we did in the minors. Okay. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right, so that, John, that was a lot. So <laughs> you just went through all the rules. Um, so uh, that is, the, the Hunter Brown thing will be interesting because, as you just pointed out, he's played under these rules. So it's, it's weird that of all the people who have an opinion on this, the one that I trust the most is one of the youngest guys on the team. Um, but that's a really good point. I'm anxious to read that column when you have that. All right, so we, we hit the rules. I think you did a pretty good job with the synopsis there and who who all – you named all the names that the rules affect, I think, the most on this team. I think the other big thing that seems like it's a topic of conversation are all the contract situations this team has right now. And there are – even with the Javier deal now done, there are a lot of them. So let's take these one at a time. Let's not go through all of them just rapid fire. Let, let's, let's hit them one at a time because these are important ones. The big one is Kyle Tucker, it seems like. Uh, the, and, and you and I talked about this last week, is 
that would be the guy who I would be most anxious to see what he has to say when he gets to spring training is Kyle Tucker. Kyle Tucker kind of downplayed, but also said some things that were similar to what Corbin Burns said in Milwaukee about you get a real view of how the team values you. Um, body language and looking at him, he didn't look thrilled. You were right there, though, John. You're there watching. What is your sense right now on Kyle Tucker, his mood, how this might play out? Is it still a chance at an extension for Kyle Tucker? I have a whole column based on all of this on uh, gallerysports.com with Tucker. And he was not like Corbin Burns. Corbin Burns ripped the team. You know, he said it was a fair process. I got to get ready. I got to get ready for the season. But, but real, but just real quick, John, real quick. He, he, he mentioned the, the headline from Corbin Burns, and I'm with you. Like Tucker's tone was different than Burns, but they both brought up the exact phrase, you know now how the team values you. And I think that's a very daunting thing for fans of the team to hear a player say that. And he said he's always open to talking about extension. He's told him that. But the fact is, he shouldn't sign now. He should wait and see how many more hits he gets because of the ship. Yeah. And Dana Brown, the new GM who turned 56 yesterday, and he's been very outgoing and upfront about wanting to sign Tucker, Valdez, Altuve, and Bregman to extensions, even though none of them are in the last year of their contracts. And every time he says that publicly, I can see Scott Boris and those other agents going, cha-ching, the price just keeps going up. Yeah. And when you say that, you get everybody in the media talking about it. Everybody and all the fans talk about it. And if it doesn't happen, they get disappointed. And Tucker, who was not happy with outcome, he had to take $5 million compared to $7.5 million, And he made seven forty six last year. I think he'll be able to survive. <laughs> He's going to get a lot bigger contract than Jordan Alvarez got last year. And I don't blame him for waiting. He's under control, though, three more years. But the longer they take, the more the price goes up. And it sounds great what Dana Brown wants to do. Not one of, as he said, walking out the door, as some of them have done in the past, Correa being the most recent, Springer, Garrett Cole, those guys. And um, so Dana Brown is off to a great start with the media because he's so engaging and he's so cooperative. Operative and he's so available. And all of them, Tucker didn't say anything. He said he loves playing in Houston. He loves his teammates. He loves the fans. But Altuve and Bregman said, you know, they want to finish their career in Houston. Now they're older and they should. We haven't talked to Fromber. Uh, I don't know why. And I'm sure we will soon. But uh, they're going to make an effort. I, I don't see Tucker sign an extension now. I think that it would have to be next year before he do it, whatever they're offering him now, it'll be a lot more than that. John, I wonder, I mean, that deal that Jordan signed is so team-friendly right now. And and Jordan, in my mind, is a better overall baseball player than Kyle Tucker. I know Tucker is probably more of a five-tool guy than Jordan, steals bases, gold glover, all that. Impact-wise, Jordan is one of the five biggest impact players in all of baseball. He's third in the MVP balloting last year. Um, I wonder, I do wonder how that factors in if Jordan signed that deal last year, and Jordan signed the deal, he's a big boy, he's an adult, but I do wonder the optics of giving Tucker, who in my mind is not as good a player as Jordan, a deal that's bigger than the, the deal Jordan literally being still drying on the thing probably. Um, I wonder how that factors in, you know, for the team. And Dana Brown's new to all this, so he may not have any emotion on it at all, but we know that when it, we know there's a certain tier of player and contract that it gets to where it's Jim Crane as much, if not more, than it is the general manager. 
Yeah, Tucker, they're going to have to pay him a lot more in Alvarez because it's going to be later. Yeah. And uh, it's just the fact is other players sign contracts. Price yep. Doing business goes up, and and uh, it sounds great, but, man, when I was listening to Tucker talk, I'm thinking, oh, I hear another Correa, yeah. another Springer. Or, you know, yeah. That's not the case. Yep. I, I I think the same thing, John. Like, I've thought all along when – when when Kyle Tucker said no to an extension this past offseason, I thought, you know what, he's Kyle strikes me as a guy who is pretty business savvy and is gonna let this thing play out. And let's I mean, he's he comes from a background too where he's you know, I mean, look, a hundred million dollars is a lot to anybody, you know what I mean? But Kyle Tucker didn't, you know, grow up uh impoverished or anything like that. You know what I, I mean? I like, do not understand, Sean, why. When you're trying to sign a player to a long-term deal, why you don't just give him a contract for seven and a half or eight million for one year and make him happy? Yeah, a lot of players sign a deal to avoid arbitration because they don't want to hear the club being negative. Yeah, and he said they didn't trash me. I hear worse in the outfield, (laughs) but it was interesting how they used statistics and other players to make their point, and that's not what you want to have to do. Remember when Tal Smith handle arbitration cases for teams and he could be the bad guy instead of the team being the bad guy. And Tucker went in there like Corbin Burns. He listened to it. I just, I don't like like arbitration. I never have. If I was a player, I'd stay away, but boy, that can't make him want to sign an extension any more than he did. Yeah. Um, The only one, the only other one from the contract, John, that I wanted to hit on was Altuve because his quotes made a lot of, made a lot of news this week about wanting to retire a Houston Astro. What, what's your sense on what happens with Altuve? I can't imagine Jose Altuve playing in another uniform at any point. Well, Bregman said the same thing. And those, you know, we're talking about a lot of money for these guys. Altuve be 33 in May. Bregman pointed out he's only 28. Could be that Bregman signs another one and then another one after that, because he said he wants to play another 12 or 13 years. And Altuve is playing for $26 million, and that's good money. But uh, for a guy that was first-team All-MLB last year, had a great year for a World Series team, he's underpaid, and he knows it. And Scott Boris represents both of them. And you know he's going to milk every penny he can, just like he did for Correa. It backfired because of the injury concern with the Giants and the Mets. But uh, – you never, you don't. When I think of the Astros signing extensions, every deal, including Altuve and Bregman and Alvarez and McCullers, those were team friendly. And I don't know if today I can see Altuve, you know, at his age, he's not going to get a big contract from another team. But Bregman could. Tucker sure could. And uh, not sure about Fromber. But uh, it'd be, I think we'd be foolish to think all four of those guys are going to. Uh, re-signed with the Astros. All right, John, a couple more things. Let's just uh, spend a, just a, a minute or two on each of these, and then we'll get some football in here. We're, we're really devoid of any Texans news this week, so we'll keep it broader NFL. Until um, the Texans announce who their staff is, There's we're really in a holding pattern with them right now. Other than just being super happy that D'Amico is here. Two more Astros things. What What is your sense on the concern level of Lance McCullers' arm soreness right now? I think it's strange that we don't see him. And uh, Dusty downplays it every day. You know, they anytime it's an elbow that had surgery or had rehab last year until August, you got to be worried about it. I don't know if he's back Houston. Dusty said, well, he 
he's working inside. Well, he hadn't been in the clubhouse when we've been in there, so I don't know what the deal is. It's early, but I think people should be concerned and still we see him out there doing what he always does. I, you know, here's where I'm at with Lance, John, is he's injured so much. I don't go into a season anymore counting on Lance McCullers. You know, like I, I, like when I hear Lance McCullers has arm soreness, it doesn't completely reshift and recalibrate what I think the Astros are capable of because this is multiple years now that we've gone into a season or in-season experience, something like this. I mean, Lance has – I think maybe the only fully healthy season he's ever had was the COVID season, and that was only 60 games. So, you, you know, like – so I, I, I don't know what to – if we're going in counting on Lance McCullers to give us 31 starts this year, then that's that's just silly to me. Like, I would be – on the list of body parts that have been injured before of current Houston Astros, Lance McCullers' elbow is – at least five or six down the list for me behind a Jordan knee, uh, Jose Altuve knee, any soft tissue that Alex Bregman has below the waist, uh, Michael Brantley's shoulder. Um, if I think hard, I can probably th- – I'll Ryan Presley's knee, <laughs> okay? I'm more concerned about that than I am Lance McCullers because Lance is what he is now. He's an injury-prone baseball player. And if McCullers say he starts the season on the injured list, they only have – Romer Valdez, Christian Javier, Luis Garcia, Jose Kitty, and the one that I'm the highest on, Hunter Brown, who had the fastest slider in baseball yeah. when he pitched last year. I want to see him in the rotation. Yeah, they've got five guys, even without Lance. So it's um, so I mean I, I I hope Lance is healthy and I hope he pitches. I like Lance as a player and as a Houstonian, and he's a diehard Astro. He's He's been part of two World Series teams. I wish him the best, especially because they're paying him seventeen million a year now for the next four years. Um, but I just I can't I, I can't get worked up when I see that Lance McCullers arm is sore anymore. It's just it's an annual tradition, unfortunately. How skinny is Martin Maldonado, John? Is he skinnier than you right now? Does he look like he's on soda weight loss? He lost seventeen pounds, which is, is it fat weight, John? Did he lose? Did he, did he lose it's fat just weight? Just like on a soda weight loss, sodaweightloss.com, where they want you to lose fat weight. And Martin Maldonado lost fat weight. He likes showing people, and his the his his chest and his stomach are smaller. He's not quite as wide, but he looks good. I see him in there every day, and he he looks really good. Yeah, he played hurt at the end of last year. Yeah, I mean he was a warrior. He had to have surgery. He's 36. He's still doing this. One of the columns I'll be doing on is, you know, they didn't sign anybody else. They strictly stuck with uh, with Corey Lee and uh, Yiner Diaz as their backups, both of whom were untested. But this time last year, they were going with that shortstop that nobody thought was going to replace Corral. I remember that kid, the Pena kid. Yeah, Whatever happened to him? I don't know. I haven't seen him in a while. <laughs> All right. So John is down at spring training in Florida, and I would imagine when we do our mailbag later this week, John, there'll be some Astro questions mixed into that mailbag because people know you're down there and I'm going to be down there uh, starting on Sunday. So the Utopia podcast has boots on the ground in spring training for like the first three weeks. Um Good. What other podcasts can say that, John? I don't know about any, if you want to know the truth. Zero. We got it covered on this one, baby. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, all right, you want to do some for real or fugazis? Uh, before we do that, uh, John, the for real or fugazis for some of the quarterback drama going on in the NFL, um, I just mentioned the Texans. Is there anything... Texan wise right now that's worth digging into on the I mean I was racking my brain I mean we're we talked about Slowick I know they made a couple assistant coach hires Jock Cesare is sticking around they hired Chris Kiffin to coach one of the positions on defense but these are you know these are position coach or lower level hires um anything Texans that you want to hit on before we do these for real or for gazes? I told Brandon Scott I was going to be writing the Texans column late in the week for SportsRadio610.com looking at it, the combine, and how it's going to be affecting the Texans. And, of course, it would all be about the quarterbacks. It's interesting. People just go crazy over Lamar Jackson. Like, he could leave. Like, he could demand a trade. He's going to get the franchise tag put on him. And all the announcers say, man, they got to give him what he wants. They're not going to give him Deshaun Watson's guaranteed money. And that's been the holdup. But Garoppolo and Derek Carr, and when Derek Aaron Rodgers comes out of his suspended hibernation or animation, whatever it is, uh, Bob McGinn from uh, covers the Packers. He said they're tired of him, and he's out of there, and he can't wait to see how that plays out. Okay, so let's. That's a good lead in. By the way, John, he's on a retreat. He's not on a hibernation animation. It's a retreat. It's a dark retreat, John. Respect the retreat, please. Okay. Whatever. How do you go to the bathroom when it's total darkness? You just piss yourself. That's all you do. You just... I wasn't exactly talking about that. You swear. How do you find a toilet paper if it's in the dark? I don't know. Well, that's something I thought about. I always wondered that on Game of Thrones when they made Tyrion just sit in that cell forever. Like eventually, he just like what did he just go walk into the corner and it must have stunk in those cells. All right. Oh. <laughs> All right, let's do a few for real or fugazis. And you just provided a perfect segue, John, mentioning Aaron Rodgers. I, I listened to that podcast you're talking about with Bob McGinn was with Tyler Dunn of golongtd.com. And a good site. It's a subscription site, but Tyler Dunn does a nice job. Uh, yeah, Bob McGinn, who's covered Aaron Rodgers for – covered the Packers for decades. He is to the Packers what you had been to the Texans for all those years. Is that accurate to say, Bob McGinn? Covered him forever? Uh, he's covered him forever, yes. Yeah. Um, so Aaron, the Texans and the Oilers, obviously, too, John, uh, for you. Um, so for Willard Fugazi, Bob McGinn says that the Packers are done with Aaron Rodgers. He also said in that same podcast that if Aaron Rodgers were to come back to the Packers, he's likely the backup to Jordan Love. For real or Fugazi? I'm going to say for real. I've known Bob for 40 years. And wow. A lot of sources. And uh, tells me he's going to be out of there. Key is who's going to take that $58 million contract and give two number ones for a 39-year-old quarterback who's turned into a fruitcake. New York Jets, John, that's who. They're, Maybe. Yeah. Although the irony of the team that's owned by Johnson & Johnson trading for Aaron Rodgers, who had all sorts of vaccination and immunity issues, is, is kind of funny to me. I don't think that he can deal with the fans and the media in New York. I agree. Tiki gone. Barber made that point. I thought it was a great point. I, I and Tiki would know. He, he, you know, he played his whole career there. Um, 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Derek Carr, John, Derek Carr holds the keys to the NFC South in his hands right now. For real or Fugazi? I think that's for real as well. If he signs with one of those teams, they're automatically going to be the favorite to win a terrible division. And if he doesn't, if he goes somewhere else, that's going to be fun to watch to see what, how they scramble to got to get quarterbacks because – Maybe Atlanta likes Desmond Ritter and played at the end of last season as the third-round pick. But, boy, Tampa Bay's looking to replace Brady. And the Saints, you know, they played Andy Dalton over Jameis Winston. Carolina might have had the best team, not counting the quarterback. So if I were him, he's got to he, – he wants to get the money, of course. But if I were going to sign with a team, I'd sign with Carolina – because they have an offensive-oriented head coach who did really well when he had a legitimate good quarterback. So I think I would go there, and they'd be the favorite right off the bat. All right, next one, John. Lamar Jackson, you mentioned him. Lamar Jackson, the, the of all the teams that might trade a franchise quarterback, Baltimore could be one of them. They're very confident in how they draft. So Atlanta, with the eighth pick plus another first-rounder, make a move and trade for Lamar Jackson as their move to win the NFC South, for real or Fugazi? Fugazi. There's no way the Ravens are going to let him get away when they can franchise him for two years, and they don't even need to use the exclusive tag. They get him for, I think, is it 32 or $37 million, so they can keep him for two more years. And he's finished the last two years injured. People are talking about how great he is, and they ought to pay him. I never hear any of them point out he's won one playoff game. You think that would be a good trade to trade the eighth overall pick plus a first rounder next year for the right to pay Lamar Jackson? I mean, obviously Lamar is whoever trades for him is going to have to agree to a contract with him, right? You're not going to trade two first round picks and you're going to have to agree to a contract. He wants a Deshaun Watson contract. So is that a good deal for Atlanta if they made it? I'm using Atlanta hypothetically, but I've seen they're one of the teams that, that, you know, you could argue that would be a sensible trade for them, especially with Arthur Smith there who built a run-first, kind of run-heavy offense in Tennessee, a little differently with Tannehill than obviously with Lamar Jackson, but Arthur Smith thought to be a really good offensive mind. Would that be a good deal for Atlanta, the eighth overall pick, a first-rounder in 2024 for the right to give Lamar Jackson $200-plus million guaranteed? I don't think so because there's no guarantee you're going to get anybody other than Anthony Richardson, who everybody says needs a lot of refinement, has got size, speed, arm strength. I love all these people sending these pictures of him, hyping him up when he throws passes in his shorts and t-shirt, and they're perfect. My God, anybody throw perfect passes in shorts and t-shirts with no pressure or coverage. So I don't, I don't, uh, boy, Arthur Smith, he had Ryan Tannehill, he's had other quarterbacks because he was in Tennessee for four head coaches, but they got to have a quarterback. I'd take my chance if I were there on Anthony Richardson or mm. trade up to get one of those others. If you gave two ones, you could move up and, and might get Will Levis, but I would not make that deal 
yeah. if I were them for Lamar Jackson. The money would scare me more than any, the money combined with the injuries is what would scare me. It's not the draft capital. The, that that's what would that's what would scare me. Um, Deshaun Watson has the highest cap figure in history, and it's going to be that. Yeah. For the rest of his contract. And John, he hasn't played winning football since 2019. <laughs> he was, I mean, he was statistically good in 2020, and I know he was on a team with a really bad defense. It was still a four-win football team. You know that that's that. It's not. Uh, I mean, he doesn't get off scot-free from them going four and twelve that year. Um, that could just be a historically bad contract. It could. John, all sports. John, think of the four quarterback contracts that got handed out last year. They, like they could. Aaron Rodgers is skewing towards being a bad deal right now. Russell Wilson might be the worst deal of all time. Kyler uh, Murray's. Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray. I mean, John, these are Joe Burrow's got to be licking his chops right now about getting an extension. Like, okay, you let's start at 46 million because these guys all sucked and you got 46 million. So let's start at 56. How's that sound? Dropped um, one and you don't, don't have to worry about it for three years. Yep. Please. All right, John. Um, Justin Fields. Jason Lockenfora, John, is reporting that there is, are multiple general managers who feel there's a chance that the Bears could trade Justin Fields this offseason. Are the Bears going to, the Bears are indeed going to move Justin Fields for real or Fugazi? Fugazi, even if you thought it were true, the fact that Lockenfora is reporting it, you know, it's not true. And uh, so, no, they've come out publicly and are adamant that it's not going to happen and it's not going to happen. Yeah. Could you make an argument that it's the best thing to do if Bryce Young just blows it out of the water for these next couple months, John? Like Trey Bryce just Young's totally uh, is is totally unproven, and feels you know what you got. I think it would help Fields if they put some talent around him. Yeah, where he didn't have to run so much. And I know the new regime didn't draft him, but I can't imagine they would give up on him right now based on what all he left on the field last year. All right, last one, John. If the Texans get the quarterback position right, plus 1,200, 12 to 1 right now, John, are the odds of the Texans making the playoff, not winning the division, just making the playoffs next year. If the Texans get quarterback right in the draft, plus 1,200 is great value to bet on the Texans to make the postseason in 2023, for real or Fugazi? For real, if you want to bet a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars. Yeah. With 120 bucks. That's right. That's a hell of a deal. Yeah, 12 to 1. I thought so too. Thought so too. All right, John. What happened to the Giants, right? That's absolutely. Yeah. No, if I, I I'm I'm uh, I, I may throw a saw buck down on that just for the hell of it. If they get uh they get Bryce Young and Bryce Young is just average and the defense takes a step up, the playoffs nine and eight, you're in the playoffs these days. That's that's say hey, that's what Clint Sterner's saying. Nine victories next year. Yeah. Uh yeah, no, I know Clint's really high on them right now, uh, for totally sure. Don't bet on it. Yep. Uh, all right, John. Well, Clint should bet on it. If he thinks they're going to win nine games, he can make twelve to one if the nine if they if they win the right nine games and they get into the postseason. He should bet on that. He's he's got a newborn baby too. She she just turned. She's she's going to be turning a year old here pretty soon. No, she just turned a year old. So now is the time. Get in early to take her college fund and put it on things like Texans making the playoffs, I think. And if they put that in there and bet $100 every year, thank you. Oh, what's she going to win? She'll own the college. She won't even have to pay. She'll, she'll be the one. She'll, it'll name the school after her wherever they go. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. 
The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Uh, so, John, what do you got going on from West Palm Beach and your various platforms right now? I have uh, every day I have a column and videos on uh, gallerysports.com, and I'll have a combine column about the Texans on uh, sportsradio610.com. Uh, good deal. Uh, big thanks to Figgy Fig, who gets this podcast out to everybody uh, twice a week. And when bonus episodes are necessary, I'd imagine with the draft coming up, there could be one or two of those. John's going to be at the Combine next week, as we uh, as we discussed. I'll be in spring training, so we've got you covered, not just on these topics, but we are live, feet on the ground in all these places for you as well. So uh, we appreciate everybody downloading and giving us the uh, appropriate review. Five stars, we prefer those if you think we deserve them. Um, John, enjoy it, and keep enjoying uh, West Palm Beach and uh, really enjoying your coverage down there. Thank you very much, and I look forward to, uh, to have you guys come down, too. All right, we can't wait. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Click that subscribe button. The podcast just shows up magically wherever it is that you listen to your podcast. For John McClain, I'm Sean Pendergast. We are out of time. We will talk to you a little later this week. Mailbag episode, mailbag at gmail.com. Email us your questions, and we'll get the good ones in. mailbag at gmail.com. Enjoy your week, everybody. We'll talk to you on Wednesday.